0: We woke up the next day, we were number five on the App Store. Um, they'd flocked in to help and it was like, OK, now I need to pull this up. So that's that's what we're trying to do now.
1: Joe, Ollie, UniTasker, boys, thanks for joining. First of all, can you tell me what was your old normal and what is your new normal?
0: So we started UniTasker about five years ago as UniDosh. Um, The Norm for us, we were a marketplace that connected students with households and businesses who needed things done. Uh, People came on and posted tasks such as I need a logo designed, I need someone to come walk my dog or clean my house and um, students would come and accept the job. Uh, We then have transformed into this new marketplace where you can find anyone to help you deliver an item to your house or run an errand for you um, so that's kind of where we've shifted over throughout this period of craziness that is coronavirus.
1: Tell me, so tell me more about that 24 hour period when that news struck, because I know that kind of making a difference through business and through your app is something that's close to you guys already because uh, of your, your task for homeless initiative. So, what did that 24-hour period look like for you?
2: We're quite used to working remotely, so it wasn't such an issue. You know, the idea of having to work separately and you know having our team aside from us wasn't so much of an issue. Um, however, it was more so at the same time we wanted to ensure that we were in the best possible position to handle remote working in terms of having you know all of our Slack channels set up, you know our team meetings, you know what time are we going to touch base, and so on. Um, so that was kind of our first point of call: is getting ourselves organised from a business kind of front end perspective. Um, once we had that kind of lockdown, it was looking at what we wanted to do with ourselves for the next few months, really. Um, and, you know, as, as you said, kind of based on the success of our previous Task for Homeless campaign, we we kind of automatically we looked at ways that we could use our students for good. Um, so just to kind of give you some background on the Task for Homeless campaign. In, so, in the run-up towards our relaunch last year, around September 2019, we were we were looking at ways that we could kind of contribute towards the Manchester homeless crisis. Um, in Manchester, they had one of the highest death counts of homeless people in the UK, mostly due to starvation, which when you look at a first world country, you know, like that, it's it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. So we wanted to see what we could do to assist. So we made a pact that every task posted in our opening month, uh, opening months up to the run-up to Christmas, we'd post a secondary task. task a student to go and deliver a meal to the Manchester Central Food Bank, which is also a student-led um, organisation run by the trustworth Group. Um, now, in the run-up to Christmas, we managed to feed over three hundred individual homeless people. The response was fantastic. Um, you know, it, it was quite refreshing actually, because initially, when we set out to do it, we decided that okay, we pay students a five-pound delivery fee to go and do the delivery. And what we, you know, shortly after launching, we saw that students, although they wanted obviously some money they were actually more inclined to just wanting to help and help the local people in their community um so you know they were putting their hands up they were going forward and they were making these deliveries free of charge so automatically kind of tying back to that 24-hour period we'd almost done this previously it was something that we'd seen had worked and worked well
0: so it it was just kind of that general adaptation coming back to that 24-hour period where everything went from zero to 100 the other thing that kind of made us think Wow, we need to do something is we both have grandparents who kind of brought it to home. These these grandparents, you know, aren't gonna be able to get out of their house for we're hearing two months, three months. It's like, okay, we're sitting on a workforce of ten thousand students across the country. It's a completely no brainer to bring those people to help people like our grandparents. And
2: I think kind of just going off of that as well it's you know we, we're fortunate that our grandparents have people that they can rely on to go and make these deliveries such as myself and Ollie but there are a lot of elderly people and you know just people in general out there who are on their own who don't have the support of others. Um, you know, for example, yesterday I went and conducted delivery for a lady called Fen. She lived, um, you know, not too far from my house, about a 15 minute drive, but she didn't have anyone. Um, her husband passed away about 10 years ago. Her grandchildren and her children lived too far away to make a delivery. And she almost got to the point of, you know, fear that she didn't want to leave the house. She didn't want to go out and put herself at risk of getting something, but she, she was getting to that point that she needed to. So for someone like that, it was a true lifeline.
1: Was it much of a thought process for you? Because you obviously saw and and you already got validation in the fact that the students and young people do want to help. You've got that validated already from the Task for Homeless campaign. So when COVID really, as Ollie said, went from zero to 100, was it much of a thought process for you or was it a case of, okay, this is now a real issue, we know exactly how we can respond.
0: It wasn't something we really had to think about for long because of the the homeless initiative we've done already, we've proven we can do it, we can pull it off. Um, and in terms of the technology, we knew that maybe it was a week or two of redevelopment to to bring it um, so it's available for delivery tasks, and so it kind of was within a couple of hours, it was all right, all right let's make a proper plan about this.
1: Did it give you a whole new set of focus because you are working towards something that was good that you actually knew would solve a a proper issue for people that that hit closer to home did that give you a new perspective and a new way of working through things
2: yeah i mean i think i think both of us would come from you know quite a charitable background i think that's been installed in us by both our mothers who have had quite um, you know active roles in charities since both of us were quite young so we've always had that kind of installed from a young age so it's almost kind of instinct um, and when it came to obviously getting to you know turning focus it was finding that balance because with everything it's balance and it's finding that balance between obviously the the initiative the nonprofit side of things but at the same time keeping our company afloat and um, making sure that we can adapt and deliver over these coming months
1: yeah that's what all businesses need to focus on right now uh- keeping afloat that's all they can ask for and especially businesses who have an authentic purpose and reason for being like you guys even more important for them to yes double down on their values do good but also keep the lights on so they can continue doing more good and 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 giving more of an impact down the line all right so tell me about uh how many people the app has helped so far
2: so so we launched the initiative about a week and a half ago um Right now, we've only taken it to our current users. We're looking at every means possible of getting it out to the wider public. The first step was making sure that we could mobilize students and that they were there, you know, willing to put their hands up. Since about a week and a half ago, we've had over 6,000 students across the UK who have stepped forward, you know, saying, I want to help my local community. I'm here, I'm ready to be tasked. Um, and, you know, from that, we've seen what between two to 300 um, deliveries that have taken place over the past kind of week and a half. Um, which is going growing quite quickly. It's just a matter of actually getting it out now to the wider public so they know that this service is available. I mean, we we invested quite heavily in updating our technology. We wanted to ensure that it was better suited for hyper-localised delivery tasks and hyper-localised kind of tasks in general. Um, so now we're looking at every means possible of getting it out there.
0: Once we did announce this, we saw thousands more students come to the platform, um, which gave us the, the backing to, okay, let's really pursue this now. It's not just us who thinks this is gonna help and be a good idea. It was proven by thousands. Overnight, I think we had one night, we had over 1,500, just one evening. We woke up the next day, we were number five on the app store. Um, they'd flocked in to help and it was like, okay, now we need to pull this off. So that's, that's what we're trying to do now.
1: You got the validation from the people you needed to validate the most from the people who would actually help out. What kind of, so What kind of tasks are being done? You know, is it is it picking up shopping, delivering shopping? Is there anything else?
0: The majority of the the majority of them are. I need. It's about ten items, like you know, butters, your chickens, your milks, um, popping down to your local shop, and then them coming and just dropping on your doorstep.
2: It's a mixture, though. It's not just it's grocery delivery. It's prescription delivery. It's you know, there's other tasks such as dog walking for those who can't get out and they're too scared to leave the house, but their dogs still need walking. Um, it's, you know, anything really, any kind of errand that needs to be, whether it, even if it was kind of remote social care, for example, um, something that we're also looking into is potentially setting up a call center for those lonely. So, you know, I think it's one thing <laughs> being able to get your your errands done and your shopping done, but there's another whole area of people that are stuck in their house that on their own, they don't have the people to speak to. And we'd like to support in that as well. So that's an area that we're kind of looking into actively right now. So
1: you had 1500 people sign up, uh, from a student perspective. What kind of response are you getting from um, the people that you are helping?
2: So, so the fifteen hundred was uh, was overnight. With I think there's been about six thousand new students that have signed up overall to help the initiative, on top of the five thousand that we already had. Um, then in terms of the public members, there. I mean, what, what would you say, Oli? There's been there's been a mixture,
1: really.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been a lot, a lot of the ones who we already had have obviously posted a task. We haven't really yeah to push it out to new new users um that's kind of what the next week and two is about it's about really pushing out there to the to to across the whole of the uk because that's where the students are it's not just one location so that's that's our next phase it's getting people to know about it that we're here to help
1: do you think that covid19 has helped bring out the positivity and the idea of the young helping the old even more than already
0: Definitely. I think so. I think and it's also proven with the, that the NHS, um, what they've done with that app when they've had, I think, 700,000 young volunteers come forward. Um, so ours is just that on a, on a smaller scale, but it's across everywhere. It's, I think, a lot of people are coming forward to help.
2: I think they want to help. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of emotion attached to it as well um whether that's a student that still has their grandparents or no longer has their grandparents i think that they can relate on a real personal level and when it's so local as well and you know it's someone that lives you know we're not asking them to drive half an hour away it could be someone that lives on your same road um you know i think yeah definitely it's been very positive
0: yeah there's a clear distinction between those who are you know i remember the word low risk it's what we are it's young people low risk The older you get, the higher the risk is and the higher, you know, the worse it can be. And so that clear distinction has made us step forward.
2: At the same time off that as well, um, you know, although they're saying the young low risk, which is fantastic and it is true, they're also high risk of deliveries. So in terms of, you know, sorry, high risk in terms of actually transferring the disease. So we've had to make sure that security and safety is, you know, the utmost of importance. So um, in terms of like the platform itself, we've made a number of adjustments.
1: And, and from a business perspective, from Unitasker and the app, what positives or, or other implementations will you be looking to embed into the app and your core offering once COVID has, um, has finished?
2: So, so I've, got, I've got one thing that I've been thinking about the last kind of week or so that we're quite excited about potentially implementing. So besides the Unitask platform itself, we have another entity entirely called Shout. Um, which is essentially our marketing arm. So we utilize members of our workforce as an army of nano-influencers to help brands make a noise in the student market. However, recently what we started doing is operating charity shouts, whereby students can come forward and they can essentially do an Instagram shout out or a social media shout out free of charge to actually just help get across you know whatever that charity's message is. Um, you know, for example, we've utilized it ourselves this week. We've had over 200 students actively sharing our task for help initiative across their social media. And and we'd quite like to include a charity element on the application itself for shouts whereby charities can enlist their own kind of tile so that students can come and do shout outs free of charge for them. And then students will also be able to build up essentially a portfolio of charities that they've helped. So, for example, let's say a student was to get to 10 charity shout outs, they'd get an additional badge on their profile, which will then help them when they're actually coming to get recruited for other tasks.
1: Got you. So you're not just you're not just galvanizing a student army to do tasks and business tasks, you're actually galvanizing the student army in order to make a positive impact. Because that sentiment is, is clearly there, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you think that businesses are doing enough to help the vulnerable? It's a bit of a tricky question, isn't it? Because you've got you've got small, medium-sized businesses who literally are at risk of, of closing their doors. So they are maybe not in a position to help. They might not have the infrastructure to help or the resource to help. Um, but then I guess there are other businesses, mainly big corporates. Like, do, do you think generally in the business sphere that there's, people are doing enough to apply their entrepreneurial spirit to actually help people in need, like you guys clearly are?
0: I think you know, there's a, a complete mixture. Um, we, we, we've actually reached out to a few companies, I'm not going to name them, but to help us in getting this out there and kind of uh, one, one of the, a payment provider, because we obviously um, take a loss on every payment that goes through the app. So we wanted to reach out and say, is there anything you can do to help us partner? They said no, so they're, and they're a huge corporate that you think would really help.
2: Besides the payment provider, we spoke to a number of large publications, all of which, you know, on a social kind of front said, yeah, absolutely, look, we're here, we, we want to help. Um, and then when it came to actually actioning it, there was kind of a massive fall through. So, but yeah, I think that the smaller guys, although it's kind of comes back again to that earlier question of finding that balance between keeping afloat and also trying to do good, it, I think those two things can almost come into one as well. Um, on occasion so it's quite it's nice to see
1: on that point what advice would you give to any businesses who are looking to make a positive impact if you have any advice
2: you know anyone can do um, you know, even if you're not in a position to help yourself, entrepreneurs, especially and business owners have vast networks of people that may be able to help. So, you know, even if you're not in a position that you can physically help personally, you may know someone in your network that can help. So if you come across an initiative that you can see another company doing, and you know, someone in your network that would, you know, add value to connect the dots to, to, you know, to make that kind of move and connect those people.
0: Or even if your company has a reach, if you have an audience just putting a good initiative that another business is doing in front of your audience and sharing it. That's enough.
1: It's taking out the competitive element, right? Like even direct indirect competitors, that should just be a complete blank slate now because everyone should just come together and businesses are the ones who can actually be used as a force for good more than ever now. So that's a really good point that's obviously backed up by the experiences you've had with trying to work with these big corporates trying to work with these businesses and then basically just turning you away
2: I mean look there's been the positives as well it's you know it would be harsh to say that everyone's t- turned away um I think you know for example we had someone email us the other day um completely out of the blue who you know just came across one of our posts actually on one of the corporates companies and he just wanted to help. So, uh, you know, now that his team um, is actively helping us uh, put together a press release to get this out there so that we can start supporting more people across the UK.
1: Love it. All right, boys, thanks for this. We're going to end in three power questions. I don't really know how this is going to work because it's meant to be one on one and back and forth. But the, the concept is I ask a question, you give an answer from the gut, don't really dwell on it. Uh, but that won't really work because you will have time to dwell on it when the other one's answering. So. I'll start with you, Joe, and then after Joe, Ollie, you answer, and then the second question will be reverse. So, first of all, Joe, what shifts would you like to see in society after COVID-19? Um, I
2: thought... It's it's a tricky one. I think there's there's a lot of positive that can come out of this nightmare as well. I think, you know, obviously society's learning a new way of living. I think there are going to be elements of what we learn in this period that will stick with us. Um, and there'll be elements that we realise are non-essential anymore. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be new industries that come out of this and I'm excited to see what comes out on the other side.
1: Cool. Ollie. Yeah. Are you disagreeing? Are you
0: <laughs> Oh, I thought you were asking me a separate question.
1: <laughs> no, are you're you being asked the same question.
0: No, yeah, I can see businesses do making a lot more effort with, with um, um, their social corporate responsibility, less about all about how their bottom line profit margin, but about how people view them as a, as a, as a company doing good.
1: Nice. All right, the second question, Oli, you're up first now. What will you tell future generations or hypothetical grandchildren when it comes to the topic of COVID-19?
0: I'm going to say it was absolutely crazy. Um, We, it was scary for many, for the young, it was more of, um, and it feels like an adventure. It feels like we're in a film um, that only if you're directly affected by it and someone you know in your family is actually ill, brings it to home um, and I hope thankfully that hasn't happened to me yet that's what i'm probably saying i think the world's having an overdue reboot i think
2: that you know there's as as i kind of said before there's a lot of negatives you know of, obviously that come out of this but at the same time there's an enormous amount of positives you know, pollutions down to levels that it hasn't been at for decades. Um, you know, the environment is giving itself a chance to refresh. The, there's less production of less production and demand for meat, less overfishing. Um, it's I think that, that there's there's it's very easy to look at all the negatives that are taking place. But I think it's important to actually stop and look at the readjustment that our planet is having
1: throughout this time. Last question, uh, Joe, this one's up for you first. What is keeping you going?
2: Oh, God, um, everything that we're doing. Um, obviously, we're exceptionally busy, both from a business kind of point of view with the task platform being remote task based for the most part. Um, and we're we're exceptionally driven with our mission to help people, you know, throughout this time of our Task for Help initiative. So it's it's keeping that purpose, that, that structure and that drive to see this through and come out on the other end with an enormous amount of positivity.
1: Cool. Ollie, anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, so Joe's covered the business side of things. So I think the other whole area is when this does end, and the thing that we look forward to is everyone coming together again and being able to go back to the norm. And I think everyone's going to be happy, happier than they were in January, spending a lot of time outside socialising. And we've all got this huge thing in common now that we all went through. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the next few months plan out
1: nice on that note fellas thank you so much it's amazing what you're doing it's a complete viable solution um so yeah i have no doubt it will gain the critical mass that it deserves
2: thank you thank you mate
1: and ollie ollie get better internet connection now is not the time to have shit internet i
0: think these pros are good no no